Hello, this is Reverend John Harfouche, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. We have a message for you today from Apostle Dr. Robin Harfouche. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com and join us every week for the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. I could tell you so much about the love of God. I could share with you from now until the next 40 years about what the Lord has done and how good he is and how much he loves us. It is impossible to love truly until you've been loved. So love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. Can you say that out loud? Love never fails. That's in 1 Corinthians if you want to look at it a little bit later. But go with me in your Bibles. I want to go directly to this. Throughout the ages, the greatest minds have asked, what is true love? Now, we're talking ages, eons. The English language has only one word to describe the experience of love. That is why the love of God, or the love of our brother, or our spouse, all of these heart expressions are defined using one word. That one word, of course, is love. The Greeks, however, were so intent on defining this essence of love that they developed four different words to express four different kinds of love. These love words captured everything from friendship love to physical love to family love. And the writers of the New Testament were well-versed in the Greek language. In fact, much of the New Testament was written in Greek, except for some in Aramaic. It is within this context that an entirely new word was created at the time of Christ's ministry. When Jesus Christ was born and heralded by the angels of God and by the wise men and by the shepherds, there was not a love word in the vocabulary that existed to express his love. 
So they had to create one. <laughs> they had to create a word because there was no word to describe the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. No one had ever expressed that kind of love in the earth realm. You understand? Say amen, I understand. The new love word is agape. Say that out loud. Agape. Agape is both a noun and a verb. That means uh, two things. <laughs> it is the true love that God is and the true love that God gives. It is entirely unconditional and it finds its source in the nature of God. Now that leads me to take us... <clears throat> In your Bible, to Ephesians, well, let me tell you the four kinds of love first. You might want to write them down and study this out. The classical Greek words for love, the first one is agape. It's okay to take a note. You can study. Don't we have studiers? Yes. Huh? The second one is phileo. The third is eros. And the fourth is Storge. Those are the Greek words that were created to express the only kind of love that is the true love. If we go to Ephesians chapter 3, looking at verse 17 through 19, Are you there? Yes. Lift your hands and shout glory three times. Glory! 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 Ephesians three seventeen through 19. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in... Say it out loud. may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Say, filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Go in your Bible in Ephesians. Look at chapter 5, verse 2. I'm going to talk about a supernatural endowment. Hallelujah. Is my nice voice helping you relax? Yeah. Yeah, that's what the, you know, I, I go to the uh, hospitals to pray for people. And the doctors say, can we record your voice to play it to our patients? Because there's something in your voice that makes our patients feel at peace. 
Can you head hospice and go in and minister to all of our hospice patients? I said, well, I can do some audio books because I'm very busy in the gospel. What an invitation. Beautiful. Ephesians 5.2, it says, And walk in love, Christ as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. True love is a supernatural endowment. Love lives in you, and the expression of it is designed to flow out of you. Now, you all know where we got filled with it, don't you? The day of Pentecost in the upper room. Hallelujah. When our Lord poured out the presence of the Holy Spirit onto his beloved people, and the Spirit of God now came into our hearts and into our soul and into our body to create us as an expression of God's love. We are expressions of the manifestation of the fullness of the Almighty God on planet Earth. How can we not love one another when Christ Jesus loves all humanity? He loves everyone. He went to the cross and didn't see anyone but through the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame he took your sin my sin he took your poverty my poverty he took so many things he nailed them to that old rugged cross and on that day when he said father It is finished. That was the birth of the new type of person. The blood and the water came out and washed us and we became able to enter in through the veil. We became able to walk boldly into the throne room of grace and obtain mercy and help in the time of need. We are not of those who draw back. We are not of those who neglect our calling. We are not of those who, who, who run and hide. We are those that march forward in strength and dignity and honor. And we call our God, Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He is all worthy. He is all knowing. He is all God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when you are filled and I am filled with all the fullness of almighty God, then we have God's love shed abroad in our heart. And love casts out all fear. Fear has no dominion over the Christian or the Christian. I'm telling you, this is the truth. 
True love is what God gave us. Hallelujah. The expression of it to one another and the expression of it to one's spouse or the expression of it to one's lover once it's legitimate is true. That's why we love Jesus because he is real. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why we love Jesus because he gave his only begotten son that we would be made more than conquerors. Hallelujah! Over pain, over anxiety, over illness, over poverty, over confusion, over delusion, over illusion. Hallelujah. And for 2,000 years, the church has stood strong in the faith of Almighty God, once and once and for all, handed to us. And we will not draw back from the plow. We will not take our hands off. There are souls to be saved. There are healings to be done. There are miracles to be wrought. There is an army to be raised up for this end time. And we will not draw back from the call of God that God has given us. Shout hallelujah if you believe it, church. The prophet Elijah, what a man. Man. What a man. Right? Subject of like passions, just like we are. (laughs) Oh, the passions. And yet he closed heaven, opened heaven, brought down fire from heaven, brought the entire nation of Israel to God again, personally killed all the prophets of Jezebel. I mean, by himself, my God, that's, I don't, 800 beheadings. That's a lot of work. (laughs) Then he left and he went and he sat under a tree. And he said, God, kill me. I'm done. Sure, he was tired. I mean, it's a lot of work to behead 800 prophets. (laughs) Plus, he had to live through the prophetic word he prophesied. (laughs) How is that? You prophesy a prophetic word, and then you're stuck right in the middle of it. You got to believe on ravens to get some food. You got to ask the woman, you know, know, the little sticks. She's dying. You got to ask her for food. Wasn't easy on Elijah. You bring a whole nation to God, and then you want to die. After three and a half years of a fast that you caused. (laughs) And finally you opened the heaven and it rained. And then you ran. (laughs) You outran chariots. Elijah. And I love him so much. I really identify with him sitting under that tree. 
you know, he got, he did all the work. He brought the nation to God. He, you know, he killed the prophets of Baal, you know, the, the bad guys. And then he went and sat under the tree and he was just like, I'm tired. And of course, you know, he's still alive today. That's the funny part. He asked God to kill him and God never did. He got caught up in a whirlwind. He never died. Can you imagine that? He's still in heaven today, alive. <laughs> and then an angel came and made him an angel food cake. And he went off the strength of it for quite some time until he found a cave to hide in. I am telling you, that's what will happen to prophets. They'll hide in the caves. Oh, they'll moan. I'm jealous for God's people. Oh, they'll prophesy from the White House steps. Shut up. <laughs> this is not the end of the world. And if it is, I'm going to beating, be beating on a devil on the way up. You know, just stay in the cave, man. If you can't come out of the cave, stay in it. Please, protect the, the nations from your babble. <clears throat> I'm sorry, but you know, they're getting a lot of air time, all these doomsday prophets. You guys need to just go back in the cave. Sit down now. Don't stand up. Now, Elijah, I'm going on. I'm not going to meddle anymore. Elijah, I really like him. So he's in a cave and he's complaining to God. And of course, God always listens to complaints. <laughs> you know, he really, he really did listen to Elijah. But, you know, really, it's impossible to please God without faith. So complaining is not faith. Complaining is just anger unhinged. Yeah. <laughs> complaining is just fear of conf confrontation. Complaining is like, ah, and then you really need just to get up, pray in tongues, and hit that thing yeah. with your words. Smack it down where it goes under your feet. Get off my shoulder, devil. You're getting a free ride? No, you're not. Hallelujah. So Elijah was in that cave. I just think it's such a funny picture. He's in a cave and he's moaning and groaning. And he's, you know, he's, he's saying, I'm jealous for God. You know, in other words, like everyone has given up on God. All of the people. Everyone. You know, forgive me for rolling my eyes. 2,000 or 3,000 years later, or however it was where you were, Elijah, we're still going. Yes. Thanks to you. So Elijah was complaining. And God came by and he did all kinds of supernatural things. And his voice was not in that. His voice was not in that. His voice was not in that. And finally, the Lord said, Elijah, 
why are you in the cave? And Elijah said, well, I'm, I'm jealous for you, God. Everyone has bowed the knee. Wow, how quickly you can forget. Everyone has bowed the knee. And the Lord said, Elijah, you ready for the next part of your ministry? Go anoint Elisha. Anoint a king. Get out of the cave. I've got 7,000 prophets that haven't bowed the knee to, to anyone. Why are you hiding because of some words that were spoken against you? Come out, man of God, woman of God. And, you know, Elijah had to come out. He had to deal with it. He had to get out. Elijah, next phase of his ministry was an impartation phase that he gave to Elisha and also schooled prophets. Without the ministry of impartation, there is no ministry. So Elijah had to give to Elisha the double. Yes. And then for Elisha to give to Elijah the double perpetuated us right to John the Baptist. If people don't obey God when they're supposed to obey God, things get mixed up. I need a hallelujah on that one. You know what I'm saying, right? I mean, I hate injustice just as much as the next person. But my complaining about it isn't going to make it right. I need to get out and anoint someone. I need to get out and raise someone up to fight the principalities and powers and might and dominion that are trying to take over my planet. That's what I do. And then it perpetuated us all the way to John the Baptist. And then John the Baptist got his head cut off and he prepared the way for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the only begotten Son of God. And Elijah is still alive today in heaven. And the earth is God's footstool. God has got his feet on this planet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, there won't be another flood. He promised that. But I can't promise there won't be fire called down from heaven. And I can't promise that the ground won't open up and swallow these wretched people that are trying to run us into the mountain. I'm not going into the mountain and hiding in a cave. but I will not keep silent about my Lord and my Savior, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not looking to an earthly man. I am looking to my God, the Lord Jesus. Love casts out all fear. 
Love casts out disillusionment. Love casts out the illusion. Love will break the walls of illusion. Hallelujah. When we look into the words of our Lord in the scriptures, it is a mirror. We can't crack it. It's beyond cracking. You cannot dominate the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether he's in heaven or on the earth through his church, we will not be dominated. Shout glory three times and jump to your feet because you need a little stretch. Right, have a seat. You might want to write this down and, 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 and put it on your mirror if you still do those kind of things. Me, I have sticky notes everywhere. Reminders. Pastor Christie makes phone screens. Phone backgrounds with reminders of what the Lord shared with her. Hallelujah. Well, that's a billion-dollar idea I just threw out there, isn't it? (laughs) Grab it. (laughs) The gospel's free. Okay, this is 1 John 4, 18. It's from the message. It's It's a very colloquial book for Americans. And we need it, you know, to understand the language. There is no room in love for fear. So if you're in love, there's no room for fear. I kind of look at it this way. In love is a hotel. And I don't have a room for fear. (laughs) Oh, thank God. Well-formed love banishes fear, casts out all fear. Now listen, I'm going to wrap it. I just came to share my heart with you, a little short message. I've been praying all night long for you. My whole household, my beloved apostle, all night long. I wrestled with beasts at Ephesus last night. (laughs) For you. Why? And my daughter, Pastor Christy, one of my daughters. She wrestled with the beasts last night also at Ephesus. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, you know. We wrestle against principalities and powers and devils. And um, I just want to share with you something that I think is very important for you to know. Prayer is the basis for our entire Christian existence. Prayer 
establishes boldness. Boldness leads us to want more word. We go to the word of God and we devour it like we're hungry people. And then prayer enables us to confront. Boldness is a very incredible God characteristic. God never backs down. God says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. God says, submit yourself therefore to me, resist the devil and he will flee. Now I like that word, flee. It's like screaming devils, ah, just because you're resisting. Your point of resistance is actually a point of rest in faith. I mean, just because the devil is bothering you doesn't mean you need to go chase him with your feet. (laughs) Just put yourself into your prayer language. Just put yourself into your worship. Just put yourself into the words of God. Just put yourself into your praise and put an amen on that. Right, Pastor Lamar? And then, ooh, you can hear him running in terror in every direction. Poor Elijah. He didn't live during this dispensation, even though he's alive in heaven now. But there are no devils up there. I guess that's why everybody wants to go there. That's probably it. I know what I'll do. I'll just go to heaven. Well, that's a big loss for the earth. No, I'd rather duke it out down here. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd rather fight with the devil over my territory. I'd rather fight with the devil over our people. Yeah. A friend of ours is a medical doctor. Beautiful man of God, baptized in the Holy Spirit. First year graduate of International Medical Institute. 26 years ago. He's still in the medical practice. He's a beautiful man. And um, he comes over and he gives us a checkup. And we get checked up. <laughs> he gave Apostle a checkup Thursday. And he said that Apostle's blood pressure and his heart rate and everything is that of a 20 year old Olympic athlete. Well, you should clap about that. I mean, first century discipleship is all about that. And he wasn't doing it, just saying it. And then also at the same time, when uh, our doctor comes, he checks my blood pressure and everything. And I guess our heart rate and our pulse rate is identical. So he said he's never seen two people that are married. (laughs) With the exact same rates on their, you know, that scale they do, right? Heart rate, blood pressure, all that. Well, where did that come from? 
comes from the love of God. <sighs> he said something that I wanted to share just because I love you and I want to see all of our people helped. He said he sees hundreds of patients every week now. They come in for anxiety. They come in for heart palpitations. They come in for anxiety. I already said that one, heart palpitations. Well, saying high blood pressure, but he said they don't have high blood pressure. Um, all these people are coming in with all of these problems. And because he's a spirit-filled IMI medical doctor, he tells them the truth. He says, nothing wrong with you. Now, from the medical side, he's not saying it from the faith side, but he's saying it from the, you know, our faith, right? He's saying it from the medical side. There's nothing wrong with you. Anxiety cannot be cured by medicine. Stress cannot be cured by medicine. Now, they can numb you down until you become just a doormat or a doorknob. And it's no condemnation of what I'm saying. But Fred won't do it, my doctor, because he's an International Miracle Institute graduate the first year, 26 years ago, and spirit-filled. That means he's got the love of God in him. So why is he sharing this with Apostle? Well, he wants to tell Apostle, look, at this is the situation of the people. The people are in fear. The people are terrified. The people don't know which way to turn. And I get hundreds of them every single week. And they think it'll, medication will work. No. At the end of the day, it's the love of God shed abroad in our hearts with all the fullness of God, the indwelling of Christ Jesus, and the evidence of his indwelling. That will steer our ship to the right destination, and we will not hit a storm. Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouch Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today. Connect with us at globalrevival.com, and we'll see you next week.